Psalms 136. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love endures forever. To him alone does great wonders. His love endures forever. Who by his understanding made the heavens. His love endures forever. Who spread out the earth upon the waters. His love endures forever. Who made the great lights. His love endures forever. The sun to govern the day, his love endures forever. The moon and stars to govern the night, his love endures forever. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, his love endures forever. And brought Israel out from among them, his love endures forever. With a mighty hand and outstretched arm, his love endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea asunder, his love endures forever, and brought Israel through the midst of it, his love endures forever, but swept Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea, his love endures forever. To him who led his people through the wilderness, his love endures forever. To him who struck down the great kings, his love endures forever, and killed mighty kings, his love endures forever. Sihan, the king of Amorites, his love endures forever. And Og, the king of Bashan, his love endures forever. And gave their land as inheritance, his love endures forever. An inheritance to his servant Israel, his love endures forever. He remembered us in our low estate, his love endures forever. And freed us from our enemies, his love endures forever. He gives food to every creature. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His love endures forever. All right. Thank you, Julie. So there's a repetitive line in Psalm 136. Grab this over here. And that line in the ESV, Sarah, if you can pull up any verse, is that I chose the ESV for this sermon because of what it says in this verse, in the last line, his steadfast love endures forever. This line is mentioned in the Bible 172 times. In Psalms, it's mentioned 120 of those 172 and we just read 26 of them, right? But what David was doing there, well, first off, he, he wrote this as a song, and he gave it to the Levites, and he wanted the Levites, the priests, to recite this every day. But what David did with the song is he gave God praise. He got them to remember what God has done for them. But then he ends every line to make it clear and for them to always understand is that his steadfast love endures forever. So this isn't the main verse that we're doing um, the sermon on today, but it is, it's a big part of it. And I just I wanted that to get repetitive and, and for that to sink in and for you guys to hear his steadfast love endures forever. His steadfast love endures forever. One commentary that I read on this this week the guy said that by verse 13, he was exhausted and nauseated from hearing 
your steadfast love endures forever. It can be a little funny. I chuckle for a second, and I'm like, but that's the point of that, right? It's, it's to make that be ingrained as part of us, and that's what he wanted for the priest to have there. Um, and so, but today, we're, we're in the part three of our summer series, uh, which is God is dot, 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 right? So the first week, we talked about God as one and three and the Trinity. And last week, we talked about God is holy. And in that, because God is holy, we should be holy. So today, um, the main verse that we're going to draw from and then go on from there is going to be Psalm 86, verse 15. And you'll see how this all comes together. But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. So there's that steadfast word again, and, and that's, that's why I, I chose to use the ESV instead of our LSV that we've been using. Um, I do love that version, but I just think this helps us understand better. So part three today is going to be on the fact that God is slow to anger and is abounding in steadfast love, right? So let's talk about anger. Everyone's favorite thing that they don't want to talk about, right? <laughs> what is anger? Anger is an emotion, right? But it can also be a really strong emotion. And if we're not careful, anger can overtake us, right? If, if I said to you, think of a person that you know in your life or around your life, that's an angry person. Someone probably comes to mind pretty fast. Like, it can literally take you over and become who you are, right? And in our society, anger is acceptable. It's like, it's an emotion. It's okay. Like, society says it's okay, and in America, it almost even goes a step further to where it's almost just encouraged. It's okay to be angry, be who you are, right? But when we get to the Bible, the Bible's not that way. And in fact, the Bible goes the opposite way, and it doesn't encourage anger. And it only talks about really one way that anger is a good thing and is acceptable. And that's when it's injustice for someone that's been wronged or someone that's been harmed or it, it's, that's when the anger is acceptable, right? So we got that encapsulated, right? We got a really good idea of anger, what it is like in our country, and then we're going to look at how what the Bible says to it. So when we look at that verse, again, Psalm 86, 15, it says, slow to anger, Right? So what does that mean, God is slow to anger? <laughs> it can be. And, but we're, we're going to go to the book of Lamentations. We're, we're going to be going through a few uh, passages this morning to, to search this out. And, and it, it's, it's important. So the book of Lamentations, we're going to be in chapter 3. The book of Lamentations was written by Jeremiah. And it's about lamenting. It's about lamenting the fact that the city of Jerusalem has been destroyed. But in, in this verse here, we're going to read verses 21 through 23, it, it kind of gives us a peek into how God is slow to anger. And so we're going to start reading in verse 21. And it says, But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. In everything that's just happened, this is, 
what gives Jeremiah hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So we, we see steadfast love in here, but it, this also has to do with God's giving us new mercies every morning, right? And what does that mean? All of us in here, maybe not all of us, but I can definitely include myself in it. I've done some really stupid stuff in my life. And I've done some things wrong. And what this means, it doesn't matter what you've done. The next day, God gives new mercy for that because he's slow to anger, because he's forgiving. He wants us to be with him. So he's slow to anger because he wants us to worship him and to walk with him, and he wants to walk with us. So the fact that we have another chance today from whatever happened tomorrow, it shows that God is just not, he doesn't hang on to the anger. He is a very forgiving God, and he wants us to come back and, and be with him, right? So he's slow to anger. And this is really put out here in, in Lamentations. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. It doesn't matter what you've done. He loves you. God made every one of us. And he wants us to be with him. He wants us to dwell with him. And so those new mercies are available. And we just have to be able to give that over and accept that, right? So new mercies every morning. That's one way that it shows that God is slow to anger. And that's just kind of the first point that we're covering today. These aren't like outrageous, massive statements in this. It is simply God is slow to anger. And it's not like us. Like our anger, I'll give you an example. Like um, my, my father passed away years ago, and I never knew him. I never knew my dad my whole life. And I wanted to see his face. I wanted to, like, who was he? So I drove down and I went to the funeral. And I got to see it. I, did, I didn't tell my family I was going down. I just wanted to do it for myself. So I went and did it. When I came back, my brother that I was really close to, he found out that I went down. And he was really angry with me. So angry that we didn't talk for a year. Like, a whole year went by. Guys, God's not like that. He's not like that. We, you, you can curse God. You can turn your back on him. You can walk away for years. And when you turn around and, and you're ready, he's right there. His arms are open. He's ready to forgive because he's slow to anger, because he abounds in steadfast love. When my brother called me back, and I don't get it right a lot. But when he finally called me that year later, I didn't make him apologize. I didn't call him a jerk. I didn't, you know, why I didn't put him through anything. We just started talking. And I was happy because I had my brother back. Right? I think that's a little bit how God is. Like he's he's back in relationship with us. Like that's so he's slow to anger, right? Another analogy, which is kind of a silly one, 
I love baseball. And no Moses, I'm not going after the White Sox today. But in baseball, when you go up to bat, right, you get three strikes, right? Three strikes and you're out. Well, I kind of adapted that to my life with anger. And especially raising our kids. Like, I'd ask them to do something, and if they didn't do it, then I'd ask them again. So now they got two strikes. And if I'd ask them again, okay, well, now I'm going to get mad about it. And, and I did that. And sometimes on a really bad day, I might still do that. But it wasn't a good idea. And God's not like that. He's like, he doesn't say, like, remember what you did. He doesn't, he's, he's not pointing that out. He's just, he's slow to anger because of his goodness. Because last week we talked about he's holy, right? Part of what we broke his holiness down to is that he's uniquely great and he's good. Because of his goodness, he doesn't have that part dwelling with him, right? And so our anger, we need to look at how we deal with it and how we should deal with that. And the Bible does have things to say about that. And we are going to go to Galatians chapter 5 as we get into the next point. And we're going to see what this means in our lives. Oh, I'm not finding it well. There we go. Okay, so Galatians chapter 5, uh, famously known for the fruits of the Spirit, and we're going to start reading in chapter, or I'm sorry, in verse 19. And it says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, and fits of anger. So, so there it is. That's, that's not part of the fruits of the Spirit. This is part of the works of the flesh. Fits of anger. Then it goes on. Rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now we get to, but the fruit of the Spirit. So, two weeks ago, the first week of God is we learned that God is one and three, right? One of those three is the Holy Spirit who is equally God in all ways. And these are the fruits of the Holy Spirit that want to develop in us as believers. So let's read these. And it says, verse 22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. In other translations, like King James, it'll say temperance. And uh, I can't remember which one, but it, it would actually talk about being slow to anger. But that's kind of what it's talking about there, is being in control. And part about being in control is being slow to anger. So that is actually a fruit of the Spirit. Against such there is no law. So we see here that this is really part of God's nature. To say that he is slow to anger it comes out in the fruits of the Spirit as part of his nature and who he is. He's truly slow to anger, right? So that's something that we develop by laying things down and, and seeking the Lord to, um, to uh, develop in ourselves, right? So I want to go to James chapter 1, verses 19. So we're going to hold on to the part with the Holy Spirit 
and being slow to anger, being in control as one of the fruits of the Spirit. And in James chapter 1, we are going to look at verses 19 and 20. And it says here, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, to be slow to speak, to be slow to anger. For the anger of a man does not produce the righteousness of God. So here, this, this is a big part because we see that this is part of who God is and part of his nature, right? And we saw that both in the Old Testament and with Galatians. And now here in James, it's kind of instructing us on what to do with this and, and a way to go about it, a way that we can help ourselves to be slow to anger. And it says, be quick to hear and slow to speak, right? I have a great example of this, and it's been part of my life over the last seven years. There's a person that I'm close to, and time to time we get into some things, that some things we need to discuss, some things we need to work out, and I'll say something, and I'll put my volley out there, right? And this person will not respond right away. And there'll just be some moments. And it would drive me crazy. I'm like, just talk, just say it. Like, like let's talk about this. And he, he would just take his time. And he would be measured. And what he was doing there, is he was doing James 1.19. He was listening, but he was being slow to speak. He was taking time to make sure he's not going to speak back in anger. He was taking time to make sure that his thoughts were measured so that the words that came out weren't just going to be hurtful. Because that's what happens with anger, right? Most of the time, that re, re, you end up in heated arguments or physical things happening. Like Getting in a heated argument and, and getting all of that going, a lot of times, there's over 20 passages in the Bible about anger and being slow to anger. And, and they talk about it being foolishness and folly and being uh, leading to evil. And there's so much bad that can happen from it. But here, this kind of shows us a little way that we can work on this and that we can get better at being slow to anger. And it's something that we should all strive to do. And that brings just to the second point, which again, is, is, it's a pretty simple point. But it's, point one is God is slow to anger. Not like we are. Point two is that believers should also be slow to anger. Right? We see that it's a fruit of the Spirit. It's something that to develop with the guide of the Holy Spirit. And James 1.19, it gives us a really good blueprint on how to try to make that more part of us in our lives. Right. So we have all of that. And then... We have what we started with our, our reading, right? God's steadfast love. As far as like anger goes, that, that's pretty much what I wanted to show with Scripture, what I wanted us to see, what I wanted us to, to be able to see how God is different than us. He does not take anger the same way. But now let's go back to Psalms 86.15 and after it says that he is slow to anger, it says that he is abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. So let's break up some words here. Abounding. So let's start there. It can mean abundant. It can mean 
excessive. It can mean overflowing. It can mean never-ending. All of those are describing the kind of steadfast love that God has for us. Like it's, it's just never ceasing. But then the word steadfast, and the word steadfast is the reason I used the ESV version today. And when you go to the dictionary, the word steadfast, what it means is resolutely or dutifully firm and unwavering. So when we get into this verse and it says that he's abounding in steadfast, it means that he's firm and unwavering in what comes next. He's firm and unwavering in his love for us. But it was kind of cool. There was another little thing in there. Sometimes Google's pretty cool. And it had a, a little thing on steadfast character, right? And so I'm going to read it, and then we're going we're to put it together. So steadfast character, what they said is, it, the subject of the story, who is ultimately, he retains his essential nature from the beginning of the story to the end of the story. Right? And they use that to describe steadfast character. And if we put God into that, it would say God ultimately retains his essential nature from the beginning of Genesis to the end of Revelations. Right? Isn't that cool? It, it shows that the steadfastness, that, that this is who God is. And being slow to anger, it's who he is. He's going to continue being that way. But also that he has steadfast love that endures forever, that is always going to be the same. And it's going to be abundant and overflowing, and it's there for us. So the word steadfast, it really helps describe what God's love is like for us. And now I want to go to Psalms 103, another psalm, and um, it's going to be verse, we're going to start in verse 8 when I get there. Oh, come on, there it is. Okay, so Psalm 103, verse 8, and we're talking about God's steadfast love. It says, the Lord is merciful and gracious, just like Psalm 86.15 starts out. Slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, just like Psalms 86.15. And then in verse 9 it says, He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. So this really helps to put both of these together. And in all honesty, we probably could have did each one of these on a separate week because they're, they're big enough to cover and there's more than enough scripture to do it. But as I started looking at it, they really go together, right? Like, he is slow to anger because of his goodness and his steadfast love. And because of his steadfast love, he's slow to anger with us. And, and it says here, he will not keep his anger forever, right? Some people... When they get mad at you, they hold that grudge. And it lasts, sometimes to the grave. Right? God's not like that, guys. Our, our God's not like that. He's ready and waiting. He's, he can't wait to forgive us. He wants to do that. His character is different than ours. And 
we have to be careful that we don't take how we see our life and just apply that to God. It's not the same thing. And, and that's what this is trying to do today is he will not keep his anger forever, nor will he deal with us according to our sins because of his grace, because of his mercy, because of his steadfast love for us. It, it's just awesome. We serve a God that our sinful nature makes us act in certain ways and that, but that's not God. And he loves us and he's ready just to receive us and it's just, it's so awesome, guys. I mean, it's, we have a God that created us and cares more about us and loves us more than what we do, you know? And, and sometimes in life, like, the things we have done, the things we have gone through, sometimes when we're alone or in those moments, like, they just pop into our head, right? Remember something you did as a kid, and it comes up in your head, and it's like, why is this happening? And if it's something that you have taken and you've you asked for forgiveness of for it, and you've laid it at the Lord's feet, you've been forgiven. And when that comes back up, when that comes back up in your life, whatever that is, it's not God doing that. You know, that's that's straight coming from a place that's trying to keep you down and keep you from being close to God and, and thinking crazy things like sometimes we think we're just not worthy or we've done something too much that we just can't be close to God. And it's just not true, and that, that's what this is talking about today. He's slow to anger, and his steadfast love endures forever. He wants to forgive us. He wants to bless us. It doesn't mean when we sin, like, and we all do, it doesn't mean that there aren't consequences to it, because there are. But what it does mean is that God's sitting there waiting, and he loves us, and he's slow to anger, and he wants us to come back to him, right? So that's kind of cool in here. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. He forgives us. And when he forgives us, it's done in his eyes. So to finish off and to kind of land this all together, I want to go to the book of Micah. And uh, it's a harder book to find. Um, but so Lamentations that we've already covered, right? That was written by Jeremiah. And that was literally the city was being destroyed and but at the same time Micah was also living in this time as a prophet at the same time as Jeremiah and Micah's kind of known as like the common folk prophet like he hung out with all of the street people and the common people, not all the wealthy people in that, that Jeremiah was in the kingdom, in the castle and with the king and all that. Micah was out with all the people. And what we see here that God has two prophets and he's having them say and write very similar things. So we're going to be in chapter 7 of Micah, if you found it. 
and we're going to be in verse 18. The beginning of my heading, just over that verse in the ESV, it says, God's steadfast love and compassion. So verse 18, it says, Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over transgressions for the remnant of his inheritance? He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love. Right? So we're, we're kind of laying in the plane all on the last part of this verse. He doesn't retain his anger. God is slow to anger because he delights in steadfast love. Because this is his nature. This is who he is. And it's good for us to know that. Like the Levites, the Levites sang that song every day. And it's good to remember who God is. It's good to remember what he's done, what he's brought you through. I, I didn't do it. One of the things I was thinking about doing was taking Psalm 136 and just kind of writing out my own life in that, because we can. Like, you can write down what God's taking you through and what he's done in your life. And, you know, that, that he's saved your soul because his love endures forever, right? Like, it's good to remember those things. It's good to give praise to God. And it, it's something that you could go home and do. Um, I, I really meant to. I just kind of ran out of time, I guess. But God's steadfast love endures forever. He doesn't retain his anger because he delights in steadfast love. And that's the message, God. This is who, guys, this is who God is. This is his character. So if you're feeling that you can't get close to God because of what you've done, it's just not true you can go back to God and you can, he's waiting, right? He's slow to anger. Mercies are new every morning. doesn't matter what you've done. The Apostle Paul, right? He went around killing Christians and persecuting them. And he changed and asked for forgiveness. He wrote half the New Testament, right? Was a missionary all over the world. So, those things that hold us, like we don't have to let them hold us. We can hold on to this instead, that God is slow to anger, that he's steadfast and his love endures forever, right? And the ESV, it also says steadfast love and faithfulness. I love when it talks about God in a tone like that where it says faithfulness because what it's saying is God's going to be faithful in doing this. He's going to be faithful in being slow to anger. He's going to be faithful in steadfast love. And it's just something really good that we can hold on to. So God is, part three, God is slow to anger and his steadfast love endures forever. I hope that encourages some of you guys. I hope it, it helps if there's things that you struggle with and keep you down and uh, just turn them over to God and start again. That's, that's all we got to do. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are a God that is slow to anger, Lord, because we just like to do some crazy stuff. Lord, we're thankful that you're steadfast, Lord, that you're unwavering in your love for us, in your faithfulness for us, in your grace and your mercy, Lord. Thank you for being so willing to accept us and forgive us. We love you, Lord, and all this we pray in your name. Amen.